Before starting this podcast, we invite you to get a copy of our book, 31 Days to Purchasing and Renting Your First Investment Real Estate Property. You can find it on Amazon or any other major book selling platform. It has a unique book cover illustrating 31 doors to 31 days of your investment real estate journey. The book was written for you as a first-time investment real estate investor. What you can accomplish in 31 days will challenge and amaze you, and the return on your efforts will pay you dividends for life. Knock, knock. Who's there? The Handyman. The Handyman who? Shelley Collins, episode number eight. You're listening to Vault to Investment Real Estate Success, your complete source to building a strong financial foundation, unlocking sustainable wealth, and creating a living legacy. Through personal experience and expert insight, we'll help you find prosperity in all aspects of your life. It's time to ready, set, goal with your host, W. Rick Harris. Hi, folks. How are you doing today? We uh, have a very special guest, uh, Shelly Collins. Shelly um, is a woman contractor, and we'll get more into that as we uh, as we get into the interview. Shelly uh, actually has branded herself, which is kind of cool. She has a, a name called the Handy Mama. Did I say that yeah. right, Shelly? Handy Ma'am. Handy Ma'am. Uh, handy handy ma'am. ma'am. Ah, there we go. So, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's a home improvement business dedicated to two things, two major things, uh, taking uh, our clients' visions and turning them into brilliant realities. I love that. And forming our own uh, contracting team to consist of female females exclusively. So we'll we'll get into why uh, the why of that in, in uh, a few minutes. So first of all, Shelly, if you could just tell us a little bit about your uh, uh, your own real estate story. So Wherever you want to happening right now, uh, yeah, or you can take us back a little further. Your first introduction to real estate and how that maybe brought you to to where we are now. Okay, so um, I am a single mother, and when I was married, I was married to um, a man, a lovely man who um, he was a corporate climber, and for for him to do that, and he worked for a bank. Um, we had to declare ourselves upwardly mobile. That's an easier way to, for him to climb. So we actually moved five times in eight years. Um, and so although the, you know, the, there are expenses that are covered, like you know, um, moving, packing, et cetera, basically the idea is you really don't want to lose money when you move. So basically, we would keep an eye on the market and where to move, where are the, you know, the hotter places to move, the best uh, bets um, in neighborhoods as we would move from city to city. So, I mean, I've, and I've always lived a life of um, having my house in a staged, it's, it's weird. Once you're in that life, you just sort of don't get out of it. And so my house has always <laughs> been in that staged, uh, you know, decor knowing that I could probably move again. And so my eye has always been on real estate, you know, basically since the year 2000. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. And, and how did, where, where were you collecting the information that you tried to pick that you talked about uh, trying to pick the right city at the right time? Where did you get that information? Various resources. One would be um, newspapers, um, obviously the internet, then I would definitely, you know, you've got to get a good realtor. Um, a lot of people are don't trust realtors. They, you know, they they don't say the most positive things, but there are amazing realtors out there that, 
not only absolutely yeah they they do go above and beyond what most people expect them to do and so often we would use them but plus you know being a member of the bank there's a lot of mortgage brokers a lot of you know real estate um arms in that in the institution so we would also draw from there right fantastic so it sounds like i'm not sure how many homes you owned uh up until this point but it sounds like you had quite an experience in that uh would that sum it up correct did you own five homes in eight years yeah so this is my sixth home wow Wow. i've been here the longest this is the longest stay i've had at a house so um you know this is the last house that I was married at, um, so I was able to hang on to it. Um, and so I was—I've been here for not quite seven years, six and a bit years. Okay, okay, and very interesting. So when you uh, had this vision, I mean, it sounds like uh, it was kind of cool that you uh, had the idea of uh, having it staged all the time, looking good, uh, and um, you know, really knowing how to catch the eye of a buyer. So how did you end up from st- staging, which is w- one side of the real estate um, investment, uh, I-, I guess, scenario, to contracting? That's quite a, quite a difference from going from staging to contracting. So how did you develop your uh, contracting experience? Well, I mean, that also happened almost organically, um, as you know, but um, obviously the people not interviewing or in this listening today know, is that you and I had um, a business relationship in the past. Um, we worked at the same company and, um, and I, had, uh, I worked in corporate marketing for almost 20 years. So what happened was there's a natural progression and what I was good at and what I gravitated towards in that in the marketing um, corporate environment started to become less valuable um, to, to companies. So I was um, always creative, um, clearly exuberant, (laughs) very, you know, a lot of energy, very social and sort of a big picture person, very, very right brained and, and marketing, you know, it's developed into a lot of statistical analyses, really detail oriented, um, you know, project management and, you know, unless I have a um, a true interest in what I'm working on, what I'm developing or what I'm marketing, so to speak, you know, I just wasn't identifying with it and, and really engaging into that part of the job. Right. And so and so I realized that, you know, my, my days are probably numbered being a corporate marketer or, you know, I would have to start taking a lot less money. And I realized that this is it's not going to work for me. Right. So um, at one point, I had been reorged out of a, a company, and I was thinking to myself, this isn't working. What am I going to do? And, you know, yes, I liked, I mean, yes, I've been watching the market. Yes, um, I've always had my house in a staging, you know, appearance environment. But, you know, at the same time, I was always obsessed with landscaping. And so I, any kind of softscaping, I throw myself into, I could work a 12 hour day outside. No worries. It's funny. Cause the neighbors would see me walk by and they're like, she's still outside in the sun is setting. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm thinking to myself, you know, I could probably make a go at that, but what am I going to do to offset, you know, revenue in the colder months? Right. And, you know, when I became single, I started doing things for myself. I started, 
um, you know, renovating the basement. I'd started painting it. I'd start, and then I'd learn how to change uh, electrical fixtures and basically anything I needed to do, I would just look online and there were answers. My lawnmower broke down and I refurbished it. Um, and it just kind of grew and it's a selective attention type of thing where if, if I, if, and it's, I, I think this applies to anybody. If you're really interested in something or you're compelled by something, you can, why fight it? And so that's what would happen. Like uh, my brain likes to figure out how things work. My brain loves to build and create. And so I literally learned how to renovate. And, and you know, it's funny that you, that you should say that, Shelly. First of all, uh, t- for the audience, how Shelly described herself is I couldn't have described her better. She's definitely uh, full of life and uh, a self-starter and, and definitely uh, got lots of creative, great ideas. So, uh, so it's, so it's nice to know yourself so that, you know, and then know what you can do with those attributes. So uh, there's a lesson there, folks, is, is uh, I like what Shelly said, you know, it, why fight it? If you, if you know it, uh, what you're, uh, what's drawing you to something, then, uh, seize the moment and uh, take advantage of it. So it, it sounds to me that you took this on, you developed these contracting skills. So so tell us how it led up to your first contracting job. Okay, so I mean, I would, so while this was all going on, I also started doing something called CrossFit. It's um, strength and stamina building, um, gymnastic movements. So it's a, it's a mixture of being strong, endurance and flexibility, which is amazing for your body. And so I'm walking down the street and I'm seeing overweight, middle-aged men with beer bellies and smoking. And they are out there, you know, bricklaying and they're building, you know, framing. And I'm thinking to myself, if these guys can do it, <laughs> why can't I? Right. And, I'm, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm um, middle-aged, um, not even five foot three, like woman. So I'm a, a tiny person. But I thought if these guys can do it, I can do it. And so I started, you know, researching where is the renovation, like what's the long-term growth of what's going on with renovations. And it was looking good. I think as we progress in time, more people are focusing on programming, um, analytics, things to do in an office. And there's going to be a a shortage very soon, and I'm thinking, I think people are starting to notice it now, of skilled laborers. And so I was, I thought, I thought I'd give it a try. So I, I reached out to a couple people and asked them what they thought about my idea of an all-woman um, contracting company. And some of them had things that needed to be done, and they let me try and do it. And so, yeah, they pay me, but they also were patient. And, you know, it was a little bit of trial and error here and there. And then I built a portfolio and that's when I decided it was okay to launch a business. So once you have, you know, once I had a a great idea for a brand and once I had a little portfolio of pictures of things I've actually done, because it's a tough sell, a little blonde haired woman, you know, (laughs) coming over to you and saying, I'd like to um, move 7,000 pounds of, um, (laughs) of soil from your backyard in a day and 30 degree weather. Do you trust me? Right. It's a tough sell. So when I get video of me doing it or pictures of me doing it, um, you know, then you get, you know, a lot, it's a lot easier to get people to trust. And so I started from there. Good for you. Good for you. So, you know, I, with your, with your, uh, marketing background. So explain to us how you came up with the idea of, of, uh, your brand. How did you come up with the name? 
how, how did that all come about? And I noticed that you copyrighted it or registered it. Trademark. Uh, trademark. So t just take us a little bit through that journey. So, yes. The, and, and honestly, and the marketing plus the knowledge of the real estate plus my ability, this is this is how, how I got to where we are today, like where, where I'm, you know, buying and selling a house and doing what I need to do. But um, basically, yeah, I mean, I already, you know, I started testing out the idea with some ex-colleagues, some people that would be potential potential um, target markets. And um, and I asked them a few questions. And yeah, it's, I, I mean, I looked it up. There's, it's a perfect storm right now because women in, in Canada are so more empowered. Um, there are, you know, we are now at the stage where we can do what we want without being criticized. We're actually encouraging our, each other and we're getting support from, um, the, from men. And so basically right now, this industry of renovations and, you know, skilled labors, it's 99% men. I right, it up right. In Canada. I can uh, believe that. Yeah, but there are women now who are, the government is actually supporting um, women getting into trades right now. They are helping them with um, either grants or loans right. um, to go to trade school. And you know what I like? I've noticed uh, with these trade schools too, right across the country, is that they're actually, uh, when they do their advertising, they're actually showing women like yourself, right, in the hard helmet, working, uh, doing electrical, doing plumbing, stuff like that. So when you see, and I, that's why I love that you've engaged in using video to, to build your brand, is once people see that, then it doesn't become, it's not unusual. Once people see other people doing it, they go, oh, well, yeah, there, that, that, that seems, seems to make sense anyway. Uh, you know, women, yeah. women can do just anything, so why not? Exactly. And I mean, one of the, to me, one of the most iconic, um, exciting things that really proved that we were, you know, taken seriously is that um, emojis, especially on the iPhone, like I think in the last eight months, have um, a, a woman with a hard hat on in the emoji list. Right. Right. And that was and I highlighted that, I think, on Instagram or somewhere. But definitely that was a big day. But, but Rick, I'm not going to lie to you. When I go to Home Depot or Rona or anywhere where you go and buy building supplies, <clears throat> people stare. People do stare. Right. Right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's out there, but it's still when they see a real person like, a you know, a you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a burly woman. I think I'm a feminine looking woman. But um, so I think it's a little, they get gobsmacked still. So, but right. never, never have I been treated inappropriately ever. Not once. Good for you. So, t so you got to come back to this. Uh, you still have to tell us the story. Right. But, but no, that, no, no, that's fine. Uh, I just want to, I just want everybody to understand how you came up with the name. Why, why this name and, and how did you come up with it? Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I started talking to some of my colleagues and, and threw some ideas out there. Um, I'm Like I said, I, one of the things I'm great at, is, especially when we were in, in marketing, is uh, brainstorming sessions. Um, some of my, honestly, the people that I respect most as my bosses saw, you know, the unique 
things I had and, and would bring me in. So every time there was a brainstorming session, even if I wasn't involved in that part of the business, they actually would pull me out and bring me to these brainstorming sessions. So, because I'm just full of ideas. Right on. So I had about three or four ideas and handyman number one, it just is so, it's just one little degree away from handyman. Right. You know? So it's, it's so easy to identify and, and important things about a brand and a business and a brand and, and First of all, is it is it memorable? Does it have instant meaning? Right. And so this is why uh, that one worked. And then obviously, you know, strategically, you go online to see is the name taken online? Is there a trademark? Um, and so you know, it came down. It basically, it was the number one idea from there. I bounced it off a few people, but I knew it was the one. And then I checked online, and <clears throat> sure enough, there was all the domains I needed. Um, there was no business registered under that name in Canada. There is one in the U.S. Right. But I don't need to trademark it there. Right. Um, yeah. So it just literally like, just like a perfect story about how women are getting better. This, I, it, it was available for me and it was already, it was already, it was already in my brain and it just, I don't know. It just all came together perfectly. And it stuck for you. It did. It right did. on, right on. So, so even in the, in the brand logo, you know, there's an icon in it. Yes. Suggests a female and it has that, that hammer image in it. So yeah. And I love that. That's it. Yeah, it's a great, great little hook for sure. Yeah, no. Awesome. So, so that we're, we're getting a sense of empowering women, uh, especially in an industry that is like you said, 99% uh, dominated by men. And, um, so, so give us the, uh, the whole story here on, um, why women only in, in your, on your contracting team and, and then we'll talk about some of the common myths that you've heard about women being uh, a contractor in regards to real estate. Okay. So um, women only for several reasons. I mean, I am the, the, the premise behind my business is a, a lot of times contracting is about um, bidding for jobs. So people basically try to, you know, give the lowest price for, for a certain job. And my company, my brand is, I'm working to more toward making it a premium brand. And that means I will, you know, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to beat down in price. And in fact, what I'm going to do is, um, because there's a deficit in, there's still a deficit um, in equality of payment for women, even in Canada, um, I believe it's something like 30%, close wow. to 30%. It is, and um, it was just um, it was just announced, you know, in the last fiscal year, the government announced that this is still happening. So, n number one, I will never bring down my price. Number two, I will always pay my employees twenty percent more than the whatever I'm seeing in the market as the going rate, um, just to support women. But number three is I'm trying to yes make a premium brand out of myself, and therefore I am targeting homeowners who have some, um, you know, a little bit of income coming in that they can afford good quality work for the price that, you know, you get what you pay for. Right. So a lot of times you hear people, you know, oh, getting the cheapest guy and what happens nine times out of 10, you know, what happens is it's, it's, it's gouge work and right. they have to go back and get somebody else. So this is not going to happen with us. Good for so, you. Yeah, that's and, and you know, it's interesting because even yesterday I, I met with some uh, clients and of course the, uh, the husband reached out to me first about having uh, some coaching and investment real estate. 
And I said, are, are you bringing your spouse with you? And, um, and he said, absolutely. And, and, uh, w- which is great. Cause I actually won't work with clients who don't, if they're, if it's a, if it's a couple, I won't work with them unless they both come together and they're on the same page. I just, I just won't even start the, the, uh, you know, the, the venture together. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of neat, uh, that you're doing what you're doing because it's, it's a, you know what? If it, if it's a, a relationship where there's a man and a woman, it's a partnership, and uh, everybody needs an equal say in that. Yeah, and another thing that I find is when I'm doing, oftentimes if if I'm doing renova- renovations in somebody's home, um, they always feel uh, oftentimes a client wants to be there when I'm there, and usually I'm finding it's the woman who's home, and so how much more comfortable is a woman having women? in their house because it's an invasion of space no matter what. Right. Even if, you know, you, you do whatever. It's uncomfortable to have a stranger in your house. Every second it's uncomfortable. Right. So I, uh, that's another the idea is, is literally it's a lot more comfortable to have a woman invading your personal space than than a man for me if I were a woman alone yeah, in the house. Absolutely. For sure. Good point. So just if we're thinking about the small percentage, and I think you've given us some background already. Is there anything else you could add to why you think there's such a small percentage of women in the, in the field of contracting? I, I think it's for a bunch of reasons. I think, um, I mean, it's a demanding job. It is physically arduous. And so women often doubt, I would never have seen myself you know, 15 years ago doing what I'm doing today because I never thought I would have the strength and stamina. Um, so, I mean, and I'm a very physical person. I've been, you know, I played rugby until my 30s. So and if I had that doubt, imagine what women who weren't athletic or, you know what I mean, haven't, don't, you know, think to physically challenge themselves. So I think that's number one is, and even, you know, the perception out there when, like I said, I have to show you know, proof of what I do, because even when people meet me and I get hired, I mean, there are male clients that are like, holy cow, like, I didn't know she was able to even do that. Right. That's number one. I think number two is literally, you know, like our culture has not embraced this, um, you know, until now. And, you know, back then, you know, and as we're seeing now as well in our culture is, you know, about sexual harassment and being appropriate to women and think about, you know, the, the, the persona that follows men in construction, right? You know, they're not seen as, um, politically appropriate by any means at all. Right. Uh, and so it's intimidating. And I, I, it is when I walk into a home Depot and I get stared at, it's intimidating. Um, and so that's another reason why I'm sure women are held back. Right. Um, right. You know, and then obviously there's a stigma that comes behind being, um, a, a skilled laborer, you know, you're seen as being, and not that there's a one way or another, it's, it's, you're seen as either physically, um, butchy or, um, you know, no, it's not a perceived attractive trait in our culture. Right. You know, and, right. And it hasn't been. And so there, you, there's been little encouragement towards m- moving that way until today. Right. And so what do you think the roadblocks, uh, that you've encountered are, and how, how do you think they're, you're saying they're, they're slowly breaking down. So, so what are the roadblocks and how do you think they are bro- breaking down? What's the, what's the evidence of that? 
I think the I think the only roadblock I've had is the client having confidence for me to physically perform the job. Right, and so from a fi- from a physical standpoint, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. That's the only thing. Right, right. Because I'm an articulate person. Right. Uh, so it's not like I can't communicate what's happening. Right. I think so. It's not they're not worried about my intellect or my ability to manage the project. It literally is number the one number one thing is doubt that I'm physically able to do the job. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Because you know what, when you think of well, you know whether you think of plumbing, electrical, painting. Framing, I mean, for the most part, those aren't really physically, I don't see those as physical in my mind. I mean, they're... But if you think about it, Rick, um, electrical um, electrical is very hard on the upper body. Um, I apologize for my dog. Oh, oh, no problem. <laughs> but it is, I mean, um, electricians have upper back problems because their hands are over their heads right. for a large majority of the time. So it is actually physically harrowing. Drywalling is physically harrowing. You carry, you know, a four by eight uh, piece of gypsum. Right. It's awkward. It's big. And it takes a lot of, you know, leveraging and torque, especially if you're a small person. Plumbing is hard because you need a ton of torque in a tiny space to make things happen. Right. Uh, like it is, it's, it, and I'm telling you, every I've talked because I'm currently in physiotherapy. Um, the physiotherapist says, like each tradesperson comes in with a different body problem. Mm-hmm. So painting, painting, not so much. Definitely not that. But I mean, think about landscaping. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, so landscaping. I mean, even roofing. You know, you're walking on an, an, a different angle, and you're carrying heavy pieces of shit, like. Um, any kind, any kind of piece of roofing is heavy. Right. Any material that you carry up a ladder, it's it's actually heavy. Even carrying the ladder, I'm right. Carrying a table saw, my toolbox weighs fifty pounds. Right. Okay. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like I carry two toolboxes up and down stairs, uh, steel toe boots on that weigh you know ten times more than any any piece of footwear I've ever worn. Wow. Believe it or not, it is it, that's physically harrowing. Yep. <laughs> So, so when you got go, going into this, so I, I, and like you said, I know you, you looked at videos and all that, but when you got into it and you're, you were looking at resources, even understanding it from a physical standpoint and, and understanding the, uh, your resources in terms of even tools that make the job easier, like you said, you're five foot three. So, I mean, even a five foot three man is going to have some, some, um, you, you know, obstacles in, in handling certain things. So how did, what kind of resources have you used to, to, to meet those challenges? Well, I mean, yes, online helps a lot of research helps, but I also have a mentor. And so he's a builder in the Muskoka area, which um, some of your listeners may or may not know is um, it's a cottage country where a lot of the more financially elite um, gravitate towards. And so he builds high end, um, structures and cottages, um, you know, where the budget is a budget of just the build is a million dollars. Right. So I've known him since middle school. And so he's my go-to if I have big questions. Um, and then now I also have, um, I work, I have a real estate agent who, um, has been in the building game and she's a female, um, for over 25 years. And then I also have, um, a, a mentor who's a, who's a builder in the GTA. Right. So, yeah, I refer to human humans and, and the more more I network, you know, the more um, 
you know, the more people I pull from. So now I have a plumber who's willing to um, help me answer questions all the time. So, right, right. There's, you know, it's it's the more people you meet and the more networking you do and the more you exchange um, in that relationship is is and that's where I get my resources okay. beyond just research. And so how do you think technology is maybe has technology made it easier for you as a woman to enter the enter the field of contracting? Absolutely. It, 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 and actually, it should make it better for anybody to enter the field. Okay. But yes. Technology and social media is key. Um, and I have an Instagram account that, um, you know, we find each other, female tradespeople. And so we learn from each other and we can see what each other is doing. And it's funny because <clears throat> sometimes I hear, you know, wow, what you're doing is, you know, fascinating. You're, you're, that's amazing and whatever. But I go online every day and I see... I get schooled and not in a bad way. Like, no, I'm not worthy, but holy, look what she's doing. You know, look what's possible out there. Right. And they, and, and, and you also, they share, um, you know, there are Instagram, like people out on YouTube that share information just so that people do quality work, you know, teach the new generation, you know, quality and how to do it right. And so without technology, yeah, definitely as a female, I would, there uh, I don't even know if I, there's no way I could have transitioned because I would have had to go to school. Right. And I'm right. a single mother. Right. So there's no way I could bring an income, right? Yes. And take care of my kids. So without technology, I would still be, in fact, without technology, I would have lost my job in marketing and probably be working at retail um, mm. for a quarter of the money. Right. Right. Well, good for you. That's, I mean, it's nice to hear how technology is helping. You know, because a lot of times people are down on technology, you know, they think that's yeah. evil in some ways, but it, it's great to see how it can actually empower you as a person, you know, let alone a woman, as a person to, to make it uh, better and uh, ex more accessible. So, mm -hmm. so, so I'm interested in, um, you know, you've been doing this for a little while now. Do you have a like a favorite type of job you like to do and wh why is that? Yeah. So there's a, there's a, there's about, there's a few, a handful that I, that I like a lot. Number one is still landscaping. Okay. Landscaping is for several reasons. Number one, you get to be outside. Right. And even if it's raining, it's still outside. You're, you're with, you know, nature of some capacity. Um, and, and anything that lives and grows, I'm compelled by. I love it. I mean, one day my end game is to have a, a hobby farm where I splice like, three fruit trees together and, you know, have a tomato plant, like a whole bunch of grow my own vegetables that I can live on. So that's, you know, that's number one. Number two is it's instant gratification. Even if you walk into a garden and pull all the weeds and turn the soil, it makes a huge difference. So I'm it's instant gratification with, with landscaping. And then, you know, three, it can develop into, you know, as the seasons grow, you know, there are certain things that, you know, a color bursts or, um, Vocal features that you know come at different times of the season. So there's always something to be pleasing outside with, with landscaping. So that's number one. Number two is believe it or not, painting. Again, instant gratification. Right. In a day, a room is transformed, and I, I just love that. And I really like tiling. I love tiling. Um, again, it's usually when I when I do a job near the end, I always sit back and and just soak in the change that has happened and tiling can change a room dramatically or flooring. Absolutely. Tiling and flooring absolutely. Can change a look and the value of, of, of a room and a house right. exponentially. So it's, yeah. No, I, I, 
I, and I, I understand that. I just finished uh, finished painting a dining room, and uh, that was like you said, it's instant gratification. You look at your work and you go, "Wow, this really uh, made a big difference." So I'm interested too in um, you talked about this network and uh, the, the how social media has helped you, and, and I'm curious, you know, as you develop as a as a contractor. And you were talking about, uh, you know, different um, support people that you've met that have been able to support you. How do you see your role growing? Uh, do you do you see yourself specializing in uh, certain areas and then subcontracting out the work uh, in others? Yeah. So, I mean, so and this is where we got this is where I am today. And this is why you're you called me today. This is my my next step, my big picture. Um, is yeah, I'm seeing myself doing builds. That's where I'm seeing. And I'm seeing, um, yeah, I mean, growing a team of, of who work for me right. uh, to help me build these houses. Um, that's my, so it's my first, my first build. Right. Um, and then that's my idea because my body's not going to be able to do this for much longer. Right. Uh, right. You know, and so I'm, that's what I have to think about is like my body's going to take this for at best, probably 10 years. Right. And then what, right? How am I going to, I don't know if I'll have enough to retire. Right. And, you know, so that's the idea is eventually I'll be a builder who can mentor others and monitor projects and I'll have a team doing the build for me. And, and the nice thing about that is then you never have to retire. You have uh, a skill set that's good forever. And as okay. you, you were saying earlier, uh, as we move more towards technology. People are, are using their hands less for the day-to-day stuff. That still is important. We still all need to live somewhere, and we still want it to look nice. And um, and so and, and a lot of times we like it to look different. So we need yeah. people to come in and be able to do that, right? Right. And even if it's not about looks, sometimes the functioning, you know, time, there are bad, you know, a not quality job happens or, you know, time just wears down what's going on in the house. Right. And that's why renovations need to happen. So as we're talking, uh, tell us something uh, that most people don't know about you when it comes to contracting and and maybe is a real asset of yours, but they don't recognize it right away. What would that be? Hmm. Let me think. Um, I mean, I think the, the, the business end of what I do, I don't think a lot of people know I have that kind of knowledge. And so, you know, I understand profitability and what happens is a lot of times when people bring me in with an idea of what they want to do with their house, it gets to the point where I actually, in fact, every conversation this happens when I, before I do a quote, as I, I ask them, are you going to be here short term or long term? And if the answer is short term, there's times when I'll tell them you shouldn't be doing that. You know, you sh- you're not going to get your money back. Right. So, and, and, and that always happens. It, and I think that's a value added part of me. You know, sometimes like um, someone brought me in to help get their house ready to sell. And they said, I want to do X, Y, Z, do all these things. And I said, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. I believe these three things are not going to get you what you need to do. Here's my suggestion. Go talk to your realtor and see if they agree. And every time, the real like they'd go to their realtor and they agree. And right. Oftentimes, they end up spending less money and getting more for it. Right. Right. I, so yeah, the real estate and business end of things. Um, I think that's that's the. Uh, 
that's what usually surprises people. Right on. So, and it's, and you know what, it's nice that, I mean, you're going, you develop a idea. This is, this is the neat thing about, uh, you know, like I, I own investment real estate and part of it when I first started out and doing renovations is I wasn't really aware of what the pricing was to do a renovation. And you'd, you're, I'd be thinking the renovation was going to be $30,000 when actually I could do a great job for $10,000. And I think that's where a lot of people don't realize. So when, they, when they're able to draw on someone like yourself who has the expertise, who knows what the pricing really is, and how it can, how a small investment can turn into a, a big return. It, it, it's a nice quality to have. So I'm glad you, you know, you've recognized that in yourself. And that I would say definitely keep developing that uh, quality because it's a, it's definitely an important one. I think so. I think it helps build relationships and you know gives you a good reputation so that more business comes your way. Right on. So you know you talked about, and we're going to talk about it uh, in in a couple of minutes here. You. I'm aware that you're doing a major renovation on a property that you plan to flip. Um, I know there's a, you know, there's a big, there's a big picture here in this flipping for your contracting business. Can you explain the purpose of of flipping this piece of real estate, and, and why is it important to you? Okay, so just like the environment changed in my corporate marketing uh, career. Uh, my financial environment has changed. Um, so um, starting this business was, um, you know, it took a lot of financial investment. And I've gotten to the point where, number one, this house isn't the best house for me. Um, and if I wanted to renovate it, I don't have the money to do it. And, you know, and to get a return on investment. Right. Um, I even looked into doing a joint venture on this property and the numbers just didn't work out. So basically, the idea of this is, you know, is, I mean, I depleted um, a lot of my savings, including my mutual funds, to to keep this business going and get it off the ground. And so now I'm thinking to myself, okay, so I have about 10 more years of doing this. Right. You know, if I'm only going to be, you know, do physical work, I'm going to have to save a lot of money to be able to retire. And so um, that's just, that's, it's just not, I can't retire with things going the way they are. And so this property is in a, a, a well-insulated area. And what I mean by insulation is it's a coveted neighborhood where um, fluctuation in real estate is, it's a lot less affected by that. Okay. So it's right near, it's, it's at the borderline of, of Toronto. It's near um, two major um, travel arteries, which is the 427 and the Queen Elizabeth, which turns into the Garden Expressway. So these are the two main arteries that feed traffic in and out of Toronto. It's also a walking distance from um, the GO train, which is the public transit that takes people to and from downtown. Okay. Also, it's a kilometer north of the lake. And anything near water is coveted. Right. So so this pocket is, it's, it's a lovely real estate area. Um. So, and it's a big piece of property. So in this area, in, in the GTA, this property is 60 by 130. That's really rare to get. It's really hard to get. And um, so again, it's coveted. So, so I'm selling it so that I can buy a place in the same, in the same, um, in the same area, in the same neighborhood, a little bit of a smaller piece of property 
that I can build and obviously sell, you know, this, the house I'm living in right now, it's also called quote unquote a teardown. Um, so it's not like if anybody would buy this property, they're going to tear it down and rebuild. Um, and so I bought a teardown quote unquote just okay. down the street in the same neighborhood. Okay. And, and that, and that will free my assets. Okay. Right, to obviously build capital so that again, if I do one, one or two more times, I do have the money to retire and I can keep going. Right. Right. And do something that you're passionate about. Exactly. And I would have. I am very passionate about this. Right. Extremely passionate. I mean, it's again, it's some I can create now. I can create and, and I don't even have to create for a client. Okay. I can make my own ideas happen and make money out of it. Fantastic. Like, what's better than that? There's nothing better than that. Right. And, and I guess on the same token, definitely learn some lessons here along the way that maybe you uh, would like to have more knowledge in. Would you see it that way? Oh, de definitely. I mean, um, and, and that's, that's another thing about being a woman and having power is like now that I know how to fix things and how to make, you know, in a house. You know, right. Now that I know not only how to maintain a house, but to renovate a house, and now I'm going to know how to build a house. Okay. And this is completely new. It's a complete new learning curve, right? I'm working with architects. I'm working with surveyors. I'm working with you know the city. So like, there's going to be a lot of building code um, issues that I've never had to work with before. Right. So a huge learning curve for sure. And you know that. And how are how are you how are you taking that knowledge? Like how are you? recording it for yourself so you don't you don't have to recreate the wheel next time like how are you how are you doing that for yourself okay so and again this is where i am so grateful to have this corporate marketing background is because it's project management and and anything you know you do you have it you have it somewhere written or saved somewhere. So project management, I, ha I have, you know, I work with an Excel spreadsheet and it shows timelines and then I'll have communication with people. And so that communication will be filed in a certain area. Um, so digital references um, every time I go along so that I can always go back and open a file and look at something. Right. Open, you know, and, you know, take a look at the cost of every part of what I spent on. How can I approve on that? And so, you know, they're just like in any bit like launch of a business, anything you do with a business, right? You do a project, then you go back and you do a postmortem and look back, you know, did I make money? How, where, where, you know, where did we have hiccups? How do I improve on that next time? How do I make more money? And so it's literally that background is going to take me to a smooth, a smoother transition where um, I think a lot of contractors have never, you know, don't have that. They've always done that skilled trade and, and don't have that business background. And so the transition is probably a lot more painful as well as, you know, keeping track of everything. Right. PLs, right. Yep. Um, and, and having that ability to refer to it in the future. Fantastic. So I'm curious, I, you, you talked about maybe doing like three, two or three or several major flips to, to build, uh, uh, you know, substantial um, capital to keep you to keep you going and and help your help your uh, future. And I'm I'm curious, uh, have you looked at or have you considered or or is it something that you're thinking about actually doing some keeping some of these properties as in, as an investment to bring in revenue so that you have a a steady flow of revenue? Um, like, is there a strategy there at all? I think 
<clears throat> as I, as the capital grows, <clears throat> that would be a stage two for sure. Okay. Um, you know, and, and right now it's going to be uncomfortable because I have two kids and we're going to have to be in between houses a couple times. So, I mean, the number one goal is to actually have a place where I don't have to, you know, have some, you know, a lot more comfort for my kids and like a little more roots to grow into. But yeah, number two definitely is to have rental properties. For example, Hamilton right now is super booming. And then soon um, near Sarnia, it's going to boom because they there are going to be um, railways that can, you know, um, transport people right into Toronto from way over there. And right. People are going to start living further away from the GTA because it's really financially strapped. It's a financially strapping area to um, to have real estate in. Right. And so people are having to live remotely and then, you know, commute. Correct. So as that happens, you know, obviously if people are commuting from far away, these are people that don't have that nest egg. And so they're going to be renting. Right. Right. So, yeah. And so that would be definitely a ne next step is, you know, looking at putting some rental properties in those areas where the, you know, a monorail or something that's like quickly transitions people from remote areas to Toronto, um, you know, to work. And that's, that's where I would go next is some rental properties. Right on. And so it sounds to me that uh, you are, have your, you have a, enough knowledge base that you're aware of, um, of, uh, investment in real estate and real estate in that whole, you know, from Windsor to Niagara Falls up to Owen Sound. You seem to have your, your hand in that whole area. So how did, how did you develop that? And how do you, uh, you seem very knowledgeable about it. Tell us a little bit about that. So like, even like I mentioned before, what I have selective attention about, what interests me is what I, I hyper-focus on. So you know, and that's the, it's all, all I can, I can just like chalk it up to selective attention. Right. So I love, I, I love the idea of real estate. This is probably hopefully going to get me where I need to be. But I also, it, it's not even about what drives me financially is I generally am compelled to understand and, um, you know, I enjoy what I do. Right on. So enjoying the idea and like what possibilities are out there for my future, it compels me to understand this. And so basically if that information even comes, you know, within a, a slight approximation of, of my attention, right. I will, I will, you know, focus on it and retain it. Fantastic. And you know, and uh, folks, the reason I'm, I'm uh, talking to Shelly about this is that when you're looking at investment real estate, you know, Sometimes your own backyard isn't the most Im the most important place to buy investment real estate. Uh, the The economics of it have different reasons why you should look to invest. And and Sarnia, uh, uh, what Shelley's talking about there is, you know what they talk about this all the time in in real estate is if there's a ma major artery and you that people can get to easily. I think they use the uh, actually the phrase 800 meters. If you're within 800 meters of a major transfer, uh, transportation link, uh, it can really increase your value of your property. So, you know, 
Shelly talked about that when you talked about the 427, the Gardner Expressway, those things, how, how easily accessible it is and how it drives the price up. So I just tell people that so it's, it's a lesson to be lear- learned when you're, when you're looking to uh, invest that sometimes it isn't your own backyard that's the best place to invest. Yeah, and even water. A large body of water, people are just, you know, it makes their souls feel cleansed. It gives them a reason to go outside. Um, it just is a generally cultural, uplifting environment to live in. And people are always drawn right, to, right. to lakes. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm curious, uh, we talked about uh, technology a little bit. Is there uh, and I know you talked about the uh, emoji uh, female app with the with the hard hat, which was kind of cool. But is there is there an app or a piece of software that if if I said to you, you know what, Shelly, I'm you can only have one piece of software or one or one app to help run your business. What what is that? What would it be? Oh no, one. <laughs> yeah, you only get one. That's like telling me I can only eat one, like, one type of dessert. That's so cool. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm nothing without, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even big picture it so you can't, like, you can't, you know, pigeonhole me. But oh, I'm okay. without Microsoft Windows. Okay. So any kind of, so that's a, the big guy, right? Okay. So I'm nothing without um, whatever's under, you know, that Windows Office package. Yeah, so um, the whole the whole bundle. Yeah, that's right. I, I see. I picked one. Yeah. Um, so, so outside of that, um, outside of that, I'm gonna say, hold on here. What's out there that I really can't do without? Like um, first thing in the morning when you start your business, there must be something that you go, that's a go-to first. Well, it literally it's it's Instagram. Okay. Okay. It's Instagram. Right on. And yeah, so for and no, go ahead. So the reason why it's Instagram is because I'm always there's always somebody out there doing something that I can learn. Okay. So yeah. Does Fantastic. That that? No, 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 no. It helps a lot. And you use Instagram also to build your own business. So it's, I, I do. Yeah, exactly. I I'm nothing. My business would have died without social media. And okay. It would have died. And and the other thing I want to talk to you about, and and we you know people don't talk about it as much, but I mean a lot of people will default to uh, an e-reader or whatever. But is is there any one book that you would say that influenced you that you, you said, boy, after I read this, I knew that I could be a woman contractor, I could start my own uh, uh, business, I could be the handy uh, ma'am. I, I just knew it. I just knew it. Is, is there one? Yep. yep. It was um, Who Moved My Cheese. Okay. Have you ever heard about this? I have. I have. Yes. That book basically was the, the idea behind that book is your environment is going to change. Right. And if you don't change with it, you will be left behind. Right. Right. So that's, that's exactly why I do what I do. Wow. Fantastic. I'm a corporate marketer. Right. Right. To, you know, to building houses. <laughs> myself right fantastic so big change the environment changed and so i changed good for you good for you so before we leave the call is there anything else you'd like to 
talk about your uh, about your business and how it's been going and your life journey. Uh, you, you know, especially um, you know you have this voice to talk to to women and uh, women contractors, and I think you're going to try and build a, a network uh, eventually um, of yep. like minded women. Is that correct? Well, I think the a couple of exciting things are happening um, because I've been so active on Instagram and social media. There is a uh, an Instagram account um, called Trades Women of Instagram, and it has currently thirteen thousand followers. They, um, you know, every once in a while, you, you you do a picture or video of what you're up to, and you tag them. And once or twice, they've um, they've featured me on their page, and I instantly would like my followers would grow, and I got some messages, and you know, my network of knowledgeable people grew. So I'm really excited because they've actually asked me to take over their account for a day. Um, so that is going to be super exciting. So not only obviously do it's an honor to me, um, but also I'm going to represent Canada. There hasn't been a Canadian on that site yet. Um, okay. That's taken over the account. Um, so that's that's number one. That's super exciting. So tell us tell us about when you say take over the account. What does that actually mean? They want to me to show a day in the life of what I do. Okay. So and and it's and I think and it's going to be awesome because there I haven't seen a woman who's actually building a house yet. Okay. I've seen trade specialists. I've seen welders. I've seen um, framers. I've seen, but nobody who's building a house. Right. So you know herself. So I am going to get, <clears throat> just to be clear, I'm not building every single aspect of the house myself because there are building codes um, that, you know, regulate who does what. For example, there's electrical things I cannot touch or plumbing that I cannot touch. You bet. Uh, you know what I mean? So Absolutely. I'm going to follow all of those um, parameters. But 90% of what I'm physically able to do, I will be doing myself. So, yeah, I think that's really exciting. And I think it's going to be exciting for women out there to realize, oh, I can, like, I don't, I don't have to just do one thing. I could build a house. So I don't know. I think that's that's exciting times. Nice. And, and, and another thing about it's like social media is, and I don't I don't know if well I'll just tell you, but um, I've I've gone out of my way to make myself um, easily findable on Google. Okay. So if you googled um, my name or female con- or woman contractor, <clears throat> I don't have to. I've organically been able to end up on the first or second page. So that really helps business-wise, but it's also what's happening is that TV reality shows, um, production companies are calling me um, to see if I could be talent for being in a show or like a part of someone's show or having my own show. Right. Um, So that's kind of exciting. I mean, four have called me so far. Um, I mean, it's always a long shot. Sure. It's it's not part of my big my big picture and right. it happens, it happens. But I mean, I think the more I put myself out there and show the quality of what I work and then obviously the positivity and, um, you know, it, you know, trades people are seen as not often seen as the most clever intellectuals. Right. I right. think I'm a pretty smart lady. Um, so I think it just really kind of builds confidence. It builds, um, you know, it shows people that, um, women can do it and, and not worry about their abilities. I, I mean, it just helps, even the bigger picture is just makes us look good. Fantastic. Fantastic. So I just want to pick up on that. So, you know, as we, uh, as we um, wrap up the show, I'm curious on, 
if you could tell people what's the best way to get a hold of you, to reach out to you, I, you know, there, I, there seems to be different aspects of it. So I'm sure when you're looking at taking on a contracting job, there's probably one better way to get a hold of you than if I was a, a woman or even a man uh, looking to reach out to you just to learn some stuff. So uh, can, you, can you tell us uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? I mean, I do have a, a phone number. So a lot of people, when they want me to hire me for business, that my phone number is available on my website. Okay. Um, you know, if you want to learn and, you know, if you want to have a learning session with me or, you know, just to bounce ideas off, I mean, start off with, um, you know, a message. I mean, I have an email address also available. Okay. Send me an email. Um, that's also on my website. Okay. Um, and then I'll be able to sit down and really, you know, absorb myself and what your message is or what your need is right on. Um, and answer properly. Okay. And, and folks, I'll put the, all of this in the show notes. So the, the links will be there and you can just go to, uh, to the uh, show notes and you'll find the links and you'll be able to, well, Shelly, thank you very much for uh, being on the show. It's, it's really appreciated. And thanks for being so generous with, with all the information. It's uh, I know you're going to influence more people and, and, and that's, just fantastic. Well, thanks for having me, Rick. I mean, it's it. I can't help but you know be gravitated towards people like you, especially always positive, always thinking, and you know always moving and shaking. So, anything for you. Thanks, Shelley. We appreciate you spending your time with us here on Vault to Investment Real Estate Success. For more insight on today's discussion, as well as show notes and strategies on how to purchase your first investment real estate property or multiple investment real estate properties, be sure to visit vaulttoinvestmentrealestatesuccess.com. We look forward on each episode to helping you build a strong financial foundation, unlock sustainable wealth, and create a living legacy. But until then, ready, set, go. Go.